So it has been a wild first year at Marvel City Market, which actually opened up a year ago almost to the day. And when it opened, you had 11 vendors that signed on and about half of those left. Some new ones came in, management changed, and there's just been a lot of mix-up over there. But I tell you what, looking ahead to year two, things are looking up. I mentioned that management change. Paul and Ashley Moody, the people that brought you Smash City Knoxville, arguably the most successful vendor at the downtown food hall, are now in that management role. And we decided, me, downtown reporter Ryan Willis, and growth and development editor Britta McDermott, to have Paul and Ashley Moody here on the show. And so we went over to Marble City Market, sat down with them, and had a conversation, yes, about the first year um, and some of the challenges that were there, but more about looking forward to year two and some of the exciting things that they have in store. And, you know, honestly, some of these things are already in play. Maybe you've noticed them. Um, But before we get started, I need to remind everyone that the scruffy stuff is brought to you by KnoxNews.com, where you can find everything we discuss here on the show and a whole lot more. Knox News relies on support from readers and listeners to provide you compelling stories from Knoxville and across East Tennessee. Subscribers get an all-access pass to all of our premium, exclusive content. And to become a subscriber, it's easy. Just visit knoxnews.com slash subscribe to see our latest offer and sign up today. Next year, not that it'll look totally different because there are some different looks that are coming, but it'll feel a whole lot different. And, you know, I mean, we walked into a situation that wasn't, I mean, let's call spade a spade. It wasn't. It wasn't a peaceful uh, situation. Not in not in back. It just it, it was transition, and all transition can be tumultuous. I didn't say that word right, but have some turmoil. How about that one? But so. yeah, and so I mean, what were some of like when you come in here into this new role? What was like priority number one? And I'm curious too. Like, is there anything like specific that you could point to from other food halls across the country that you looked at and said that's that's a really good idea and that you're maybe trying to implement here? Well, I know that in the beginning, and I think maybe we had spoken about this before, but it, number one was relationships. Like, like who's ta- like, like uh, talking to our neighbors and just like getting to know them and, and everyone. And that includes the people that come in, you know, the people that aren't our guest yet and the people that potential as well as ben- vendors and you know, the vendors here, like, like, did we really know them? You know, because we were in our own lane so much, and now it's just a different role. So getting to know what their needs and their wants and, you know, what their desires are and how do we, in the best way possible to say, change the culture. You know, and it's little by little. But, I mean, for instance, you know, going next door to the mill and mine and saying, hey, can we be on, you know, a texting relationship where you just let me know and give me a heads up on shows that maybe aren't on, you know, the calendar? Because they do have a lot of things that aren't on the calendar that are very big. And, like, just let us know about it and, and all that. It also has relationships with the people that live above us. You know, we kind of have a captive audience here. Like, there are 101 units. And, and I say 101 families because family can be one person. It could be five people, you know, whatever it is. But they don't have to go anywhere. You know, so number one was relationships. We'll, we'll, we'll start off with that. Number two was the culture and how the food hall is viewed because um, we had to change it. Right. Third is and we're in the process of doing it. We, we should have everything finalized today or tomorrow morning with new vendors because they're dark stalls. Right. You know, 
one, not a good look, right? But two, businesses come and go. I mean, it's just what it is. And in the transition, nobody wanted to sign on because it was like, who are we doing a deal with? Like, what's going on kind of thing? Which led to us, hey, let's see what they're actually going to do. You know, and we've done 25 changes so far. Now, little, little by little, most of them behind the scenes. I hate to say that, but it really is. But, you know, one of them is quite simply our bar pricing. Someone told me you can drink less expensive in the airport than you can here. Pretty big deal, right? Can, you know, like. Yeah, that made an impact on you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, and not calling out specific brands or anything like that. But like it was five bottle or five dollars for a bottled domestic beer. Like name brand, like big name, not like, hey, we made it down the road. Speaking of make it down the road, let's get some drafts that, you know, are our neighbors. Like, like Knoxville has such a great craft beer scene. And even though I'm not the biggest beer guy, like, why was it not on tap? Like, that's a big question. Like, why was it not? Why are we, why are we not reaching out and saying, hey, let's build these relationships with other beer vendors? Paul, you mentioned, you know, wanting to change how people perceive the food hall. How would you like them to perceive it? And what do you ultimately want it to feel like for people who come, you know, next year? Well, I think the one of the most used words that have come out of our mouths lately has been local and um you know the transition to management that is local the transition to some brands that are local some beers that are local even you know distilleries and you know talking about the bar like knox whiskey works has a gin called marble city gin why is that not in our bar (laughs) right but so we've already made a cocktail incorporating that and it's great but um it's a local feel and that's what we're looking for. Um, you know, and, uh, how can we make the bar feel more intimate and it's a large space, you know, how do we transform that into something that feels more intimate and more like, I want my group of friends to hang out here and stay for a while. Um, and, and, and one of the things, and, and she mentioned the bar and highlighted the bar, right. And, and we've kind of gone into the, the bar food hall conversation, right. Other food halls that we're part of. The bar is in the middle of the food hall. It is a part of the food hall. Have you been to other ones? Sorry. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you know when you walk in, you're like, man, there's a bar and food. Like, it's kind of one of those things. Here, just because of the building layout, nothing else, I don't even know what the intention was. It feels very much like it's either a food hall with a bar attached or a bar with a food hall attached to it. I I mean, could we do, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we specifically treat the bar almost like a separate vendor and then turn the food hall into what it's supposed to be, which is at the beginning, this entire conversation of what a food hall is supposed to be. And I'm talking about from when we started, it's an incubator. It's here to start do an upstart or if it's not an upstart for them to be here permanently, a less expensive way into the restaurant business. Right. But, you know, and that, and that's part of the thought process. How do we, make it a reasonable expense for the vendors coming in, you know, while still keeping the lights on and paying the bills and, you know, all those things have to be done. Right. But how do we go, Hey, look, let's take your idea 
and maybe even a proven idea that's not in a brick and mortar phase and move it forward. And what do we need to do with that? So, and I know you mentioned, you know, yes, there are some dark stalls in here, but, um, I mean, arguably, I mean, there's just as much variety as ever in here. I know that was a big, um, you know, push for y'all to get some different types of food options in here. Um, obviously with the, uh, the Indian food concept and with uh, Valley Fresh Kitchen. And um, I'm just wondering sort of what your approach is moving forward for um, the types of vendors that you want to see in here and whether the sort of the offerings um, as part of this transition are going to change at all. Uh, you know, I, I listen to you guys, by the way. And, well, thank and, you. And, and uh, you know, did I like everything you said? Probably not. But could I respect it? Could I look at it for what it was and take it as truth? Right. And part of that truth is, Hey, what's going on here? Like it's supposed to be chef driven food. Like, like, and we have smash, like, like it's a chef driven burger. Sure. But it's still a burger. It's a really good burger, but it's still a burger, right? Like how do we get someone in here that does, fried chicken, but it's chef driven. Like you can feel the flavor in it. You can feel the, you know, what it is, you know, I, I mean, like we have a Mexican vendor coming in and it, I love them. Right. Uh, and, and again, I'd give you a name, but until that thing is on the dotted line, which should be today or tomorrow morning, I'll let you know, you'll be the first to know. Okay. But you know, one of the great things about his menu is he has like super authentic Mexican food. Right. And I love it. And it's great. And it's a really good menu, right? But he also has a menu that's called really high-end casual American Mexican food that my kid will eat because it's a tortilla, ground beef, and cheese, right? I mean, like, like, is it approachable? Now, and that's smart, right? So we've got to take, you know, everybody's mom, and, and, and this is a made-up restaurant, but Mama's Meatloaf Cafe, right? Everybody's mom has the best meatloaf you've ever had in your life. Okay, that's great. How do you do it seven days a week consistently? turn a profit. All of those things are in there, right? But how do you do that? And I think that's what we're here to do. I think we're here to help people learn. So we're here to help teach them how to do that, right? So, you know, one of the one of the big concerns that we heard is that the Moody's are going to open 17 stalls in the food hall. I am going to promise you that it is not going to happen. Okay. Like straight up, if we knew the opportunity was coming, I think I've actually said it to you. We wouldn't have opened Valley. We would have, we would have just said, Hey, you know what? Let's let somebody else take that. And we'll just run the hall, keep smash, boom. And we'll be done. Right. Cause it, it, it didn't make it, like, it, it makes sense that it's here. I don't want to say that, but for us on a business end of it, it, it was a lot to take at one time. Right. It also, you know, public perception, it didn't look good, you know, like, and that's what we don't want to do. We don't want people to think that, Hey, we're just, we're taking every, every stall with every concept that's in the back of our head and all that. Uh, first off, we don't have the bandwidth and I don't know if anybody has the bandwidth to do that immediately. Secondly, uh, we just really don't want to do that. Like that doesn't sound like a good time at all to me. And you know, because we have enough going on, right? I guess the best way of saying it is, is what it was intended to be is what we're going to make it, which is a melting pot where people can come, you can get a variety of different things and everybody leave happy. What uh, parts of the smash business have you tried to share with some of the other vendors? Cause obviously y'all have found tremendous success and are in food halls all over. So how do you, I guess, and also how do you balance like, 
providing advice, but also giving people, you know, the opportunity to sort of test it out and, and, and run with it on their own. You know, we're looking at everybody's menu. Hey, does it make sense? Like, what's your pricing? Like, hey, let's fight for your pricing, right? You know, credit card rates, big deal, right? Like, we sliced credit card rates. Like, we worked out a deal to get, I think, the best credit card rates we've ever gotten ever in our, in our lives. But we did it because we had the buying power of the whole food hall. So now we're able to just extend that, right? How do we make the smart decision that the public wants while maintaining, you know, high ethics and integrity and all of those things that we're trying to do? Paul, I think one thing you've probably heard on the podcast that I hope you liked was we have complimented Smash's marketing is fantastic. I think you guys do a great job of promoting your brand. Um, how does that play into when you think about managing the whole food hall? You know, is there a fix for the marketing? Because it just seems like the idea hasn't totally caught on yet to the general public. Well, first of all, we have an amazing team. Um, and the person and her company, uh, her name's Sasha Kay. She is unbelievable um she and her whole team were uh i had already handed over smash cities marketing to her um and social media presence um i brought her and her team on for the market itself um and for the bar and so starting that process is definitely an uphill climb you know creating that uh personality and you know the online presence is a big deal so um, thankfully you know she and her team are so great and um, we're definitely uh, on the uphill climb that you know for the market as a whole um, of course each vendor is responsible for their own marketing for their own store specifically but as a whole for the market we get to spotlight vendors and employees and owners of those shops and um, you know, individual items from each store and what the bar means, you know, what, what's happening at the bar at Frank and George's and, um, you know, making great events that people want to come to. And, um, something that we really want to do is to have like a, um, a residence mixer. Cause you know, the residents that live above us, like he said, like Paul said, there was, a, there are 101 homes that are directly above us so it's a big deal to create those relationships with them so and as much as that is a personal um, want of ours because we want this to be that we want this to be the residents cheers basically you know that place like oh this is our place but not to make it sound cold but it is a marketing tool as well like we want them to be here we want them to feel comfortable here and we want them to be um like oh this is my place and that we get to have a personal relationship with them and they walk in you know and it's a whole thing so um but to extend that feeling to the downtown residents as a whole um is a huge marketing uh, goal for us, you know, uh, getting people across that bridge and come over here from Jackson, you know, like there's a whole, there's a whole world over here, <laughs> you know, how do we, how do we make people aware of that? And that's not easy. It's not, and it's not an easy thing, but um, it flows into those relationships with our neighbors that Paul was talking about, you know, getting together with Adopo and Pachki and Mill and Mine and Taco Taco, you know, and all these people on our block that are amazing people, like 
un- incredible owners and just that we already had personal relationships with. How can we all band together and create a space here? And that's all part of marketing. Yeah, it's part of operations and everything, but it's about how do we create that. Um, and I think that, yes, it's, it's an uphill climb and it is a difficult process, but um, it's a lot of fun. And I think we're going to do some really great things. It's getting towards the end of the year. What is your number one goal for Marble City Market in 2023, Paul? Have you ever walked into a place that you love and you have a feeling when you walk in the door? That's what I want. I want it to just be like, ah, yeah, I'm glad we're here. You know, like, man, it feels amazing. Even if it is a Tuesday afternoon at 3.30 in the afternoon and... There, there are maybe 15, 20 people throughout the food hall because that's what happens at 3 o'clock, no matter where you're at. I want you to walk in and be like, wow, I want to be here. On that, but also on the previous marketing question, um, we have a, an amazing uh, marketing teammate. His name's Dino Cartwright. Um, maybe you're familiar with him. He's fantastic. Um, <laughs> Love Dino. But uh, we talk about... we we. We talk about our sort of slogan all the time for the market, and it's Knoxville's gathering place. That I think that's sort of the vibe that you that you're trying to put into words is you know we want to be that place that when you walk in, it's like oh this is this is so good. Like we, I, where do you want to go tonight? Obviously, we want to go to the market. Like you know, it's it's the place to gather here, and that's that's something that we really want to create. Yeah, and you know we've talked a lot about the offerings, which I feel like is. I was going to say half the equation, but it's not. It's it's a fraction of the equation, right? What the food and the drink is that you offer here, but I feel like the atmosphere is is you know equally important, right? And so um, I'm just wondering, you know, even thinking about when I walk in here next year, you know, this time, what is it going to look like? I mean, do you have any plans for you know how the space could look different in the next year? And also, I guess along with that, the programming too, because that's also part of the atmosphere that I know you probably are trying to create as far as events. We'll start with plants. Plants. That's a good start. That's an easy. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to be funny. Like I would. I would kill a plant very quickly. But plants and someone to service said plants. Right. Something of a southern charm to it. You know. Warm and inviting, but something. You know, it just feels good. A southern charm is warm. So inviting. So yeah, it's it's there synonymous. (laughs) You know, I want you to walk up and be inviting wherever you sit down. You know, whether it be the bar, whether it be this table we're at, whether it be the patio, whatever, just be like, hey, I'm just hanging out, waiting on my group, you know. And, you know, the other thing about the market is it's so close walking distance to so many things downtown. Right. Like it's got that barrier of that of that viaduct. I know. Right. You know, it is, but it's not. I mean, think about the old city seven years ago. You know, yeah, like, I, I mean, it was. And maybe maybe longer than that, maybe 10, right? But it was, you know, there were some clubs down there that you went to, right? Right. And, but now it's like, oh, here are all these offerings. And it's creeping this way, right? Well, how do we make it sprint a little bit, you know? So, I mean, 100 block is right there. We're, we're talking a block across the street. And the businesses that are there and the people that live there come over here, but... How do we get people here? You know, I mean, part of it is, you know, one of my, one of my big tackles next week is parking 
and security and safety and things like that. Where again, we're building relationships with the people around us to come together to work on that. So instead of just saying, hey, we are going to be responsible for it, but we're not going to be solely responsible for it. Let's get everybody involved. And that way it makes it better, right? We, we you know, not only are we watching out for each other, but you know, whatever we gotta do, we're still working on the solution, but, but we are working on the solution. And right. I think that's a, I, I think that's, when you talk about what are we doing to change, I think it's one of the biggest things is we're making the efforts to change. And then I'm also just curious, too, about, um, you know, I, and I know there's some challenges with this space, right? You mentioned the bar. You know, you can't really fit in the middle. It's a long, skinny space. But, um, you know, just thinking about events and other ways that you can use the food hall, aside from just, you know, coming here to eat and drink and hang out with friends, is there any sort of special programming or anything that you have, you know, in the works for, um, you know, the, let's say the next year about how you could, you know, get the community in here beyond just the day-to-day, like for, for special gatherings of any, of any kind? We have a big holiday pop-up shop, so many vendors, lots of holiday shopping and um, fun things that is happening the last Saturday, November. Um, We're also looking into doing like a coat drive for um, the colder months and, you know, to to impact our local community and take care of the people around us as well. Um, But little events lead to big events. And um, so we are are getting some things on the calendar and I think it's gonna be really great. You know, I think you two are pretty well known in the Knoxville community, you've built a successful food brand. Oh, <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> I know, but seriously. Thank you. Thank you so much for that because she's like, oh, are we? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> but seriously, you've built several successful food brands. I think when the news came out that you two were taking over management of the food hall, I personally went, why you know what was the thing that was driving you to take on this new challenge when you already had great success in the other things you were doing i'm so curious it was not the plan (laughs) (laughs) um no it was not on our radar So we've had a question so many times like what oh i didn't know this was something y'all wanted to do it wasn't it wasn't even just a little bit um but when the opportunity was presented to us Initially, it was a no. Yeah. Initially, it was a no. Yeah. Initially, it was like, we got too much going on. We had a completely different trajectory for our company. Um, just to be completely transparent and honest, that was not something that was even remotely in the future for us. Um, but when it was presented, um, number one, we love and have so much respect for um the ownership of this place and um, how they run business and who they are as people. And so it made us stop and say, is this something that we want to consider? I still said no. And we did. <laughs> we still said, we, we initially said no. Um, but it didn't, take, it didn't take convincing. I want to make sure like they were like, here's the opportunity. And it was weeks. It was weeks of conversation and me not being able to tell anybody, which drove me nuts um but it was okay and eventually we came around to the if not us then who maybe if we can guide the path the way that honestly everybody wanted 
and we had guts enough to do. Well, the more conversations we had with ownership and the more um, questions that were answered, I think we finally just looked at each other and said, oh, I think we could do this. I think we could be really great at this. And I think that we could um, take Marvel City Market in to a place that it's never been. I mean, you know, heading into 2023, I'm curious what are some of the things that um, and into the next year at the food hall are some of the things that um, are going really well right now that you think are going to help set up for, you know, a, a even more successful uh, 2023. I mean, what are some of the things that people really love about this food hall? Some of the things that you hear the most you know, compliments about and some of the things that you're most proud of with the way that it's being operated right now? Well, on the operation part, we have a really great staff, a really great management team in place here. And I know that our names and our faces have been, or our names have been the face of the management team here. But at the end of the day, it's our in-house management staff. It's our GM, Madison. It is her team underneath her that's, you know, working alongside her. It is those people that are here open to close every single day that actually make the difference. It's not just Paul and I. It's not us and Jim, you know, it's not Moody Foods Inc. that, you know, or whatever that, that came in and quote took over, you know, it, that's not, that's not who really makes the difference. We might make a lot of the decisions, but the people who make the difference are the ones who are in here, doors open to doors close at the end of the day. And they're really amazing people. And I'm really proud of them and the way that they have processed the transition and um, really stepped up. I mean, oh my gosh, these people are crazy good. Yeah, I think we, I think we lost one staff member in the transition, and the rest of them stayed. Um, we, we put our values and how we work operationally in place, which most people love. I mean, I'm, I'm glad they do. Like we, we wanted to take care of these people as people, and you know, kind of looking out for them, and you know, how do we? You know, when you want to go to work, it's really good. When you go out of obligation, you're not going to be successful. And we just want to we want to foster an environment where they can come and they're empowered as well. I mean, from our management staff all the way to the cam staff, all the way to you know any of the vendors here. Like, like we're very open. Like, hey, what are your ideas? Like, what do you think? How can we improve? What, you know, and honestly listening to it and not being so, you know, and not being so arrogant is probably the best word to say it of people that think of leaders sometimes or bosses, right? (laughs) And not being so arrogant to say, hey, no, that's not going to work. It's kind of a, hey, let's, let's look at that because, because, you know, I've said this a lot in the last couple of days. I love positive conflict. I love it. I, I thrive on it, which is we have the same end goal. We just have different paths that we think it's going to get there, which means your path is wrong and my path is wrong, but our path together is right. So how do we get there together? And, 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 and we've really just embraced it. And, and luckily, all of, all of these people, all of these businesses worked side by side with us and watched us do it inside their walls. And they're like, Awesome. This is great. We've seen them do it. It's not like we're coming in and going, we're going to do something that you haven't seen us successfully done before. And now they get to see and be part of it. 
Well, Paul, Ashley, thank y'all both so much for joining us here and for hosting us at uh, Marble City Market. I know we've talked a lot in the past, but it's great to finally have y'all on the show. Um, last thing, I was just going to ask uh, if people want to keep up with Marble City Market and just the uh, the events and the vendors and everything that you have going on here, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, I would say for sure, social media, find us on Instagram and Facebook. Our website is in a bit of a transition right now, so um, there will be you know more up-to-date information on that as time goes by but for sure facebook and social and instagram find us there uh, i will say on our website even though we are in the in the process of fixing the things that are there that need to be that is the best place to do online ordering uh, we have pickup available and we have doordash as well so you can doordash anything from all the vendors at one time can go can come to your house awesome so. well thanks again and uh hopefully we'll have y'all on the show again soon so thanks Thank so much So there it was, our conversation with Paul and Ashley Moody, an exciting conversation, and hopefully you learned a lot and are looking forward to what Marble City Market has planned from November of this year to November of the next year, year two of the Downtown Food Hall. Now, before we get out of here, I just want to remind everyone again that the Scruffy Stuff has been brought to you by KnoxNews.com, and if you head on over to KnoxNews.com or just check out the podcast description, there will be a link to our sort of one-year anniversary story looking back at the food hall. Um, it's kind of written in a report card style. We graded sort of the first year performance and coming out of this conversation with Paul and Ashley, we look ahead to year two and what their potential grade is in that second year. So you're not going to want to miss that. Also in the podcast description, you're going to find a couple links. One is to the Urban Knoxville Facebook group, which is a place for you to get involved in the downtown discussion. Yes, we post the podcasts and stories in there, but we really want our community to be engaged and and share what's going on around downtown Knoxville. And so that is a private group. Just answer a few short questions and you'll be added to that. And the other link is to the Urban Knoxville newsletter, which is a newsletter I write every Friday that's uh, usually tied to a theme of what's happening in the news, but also lets you look ahead to some of the exciting events and activities planned for the weekend ahead in and around downtown Knoxville. So you're going to want to sign up for that as well. And then, of course, to keep up with the work that I am doing in the meantime between episodes, you can follow me on Instagram at Knox Scruff. And while you're still listening, you got that podcast player open. Hit that like or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on to get a new notification every time a new episode drops. And as always, visit knoxnews.com slash subscribe to see some of our latest offers and support local journalism today. If you're a fan of the scruffy stuff, you're very tuned in and plugged in when it comes to downtown Knoxville news that we discuss here on the show. But there's a lot more downtown Knoxville news over at the website, a lot more Knoxville news and news from across East Tennessee that you can't get anywhere else. So take advantage of those offers, sign up, support local journalism today, and come back again next week for another episode of The Scruffy Stuff.